So let's have a chat real quick, you and I. Let's talk about what happened this past Wednesday on uh, 205 Live, NXT and the Mae Young Classic. Let's talk quickly about the Falls Count Anywhere match between Mustafa Ali and Hideo Itami. That match was one of the best cruiserweight matches I had seen all year. Just as, I mean, that's probably one of the best cruiserweight matches I've seen, period, in WWE short history with the cruiserweights. And it's a shame on two fronts. It's a shame that I didn't watch from the beginning the reincarnation of the cruiserweight division after the whole incident with Enzo Amore back in like late January going into February. And it's a shame how WWE had mistreated them coming out of the Cruiserweight Classic back in 2016. And for them at this point to be where they are now and for them to hit their stride and just giving us dope fucking matches, I'd say ever since like June. I mean, if you want to go back a little bit further, WrestleMania between Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, that was a really dope match. Uh, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander, one and two. I believe that Tommy and Alexander even have a match, had a match in uh, 205 Live. I mean, the scene itself is really fucking good. You have the whole storyline now between Drew Gulag and uh, Gallagher and Kendrick now going after them after they attacked him a couple weeks prior. You know, now Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese are pretty much buddy-buddy right now. And they're saying in terms of the Cruiserweight Championship, they, you have to go through those two to get to the top. You know, Alexander now having lost the title and then having lost to Tony Nese. Not uh, gotten, have been pinned twice. Once in a one-on-one matchup and then the Fatal Five-Way. Um, with him, Nice, Rush. If Gallagher was in the match, I think Kendrick was in it too. If I'm wrong, let me know. But they have just... The Cruiserweight division is definitely something special. I think 205 Live is a hidden gem for those who have been wanting, you know, have been wanting to check up on the Cruiserweights. And you're going to see some damn good action between the entire division as a whole, the storylines that they have, and I wish they had the Cruiserweight division more prominent on Raw and SmackDown, but where they're at right now, I think that's good that they're, you know, they're in their own niche and we get to see them every Wednesday before NXT. In terms of NXT, the main event segment of NXT was the stuff of legend. Two months of this whole ordeal between, you know, Aleister Black being attacked and trying to find out who was the culprit, who was the one who attacked Aleister Black. This whole two-month storyline and just this whole web just being formed with it all culminating this past Wednesday. And it was found out that Johnny Gargano was the one who attacked Aleister Black two months ago. The whole segment was fantastic. You had William Regal coming out to announce the NXT Championship match at TakeOver War Games. Tommaso Ciampa comes out. Of course, he wants to be in on it, you know, in terms of who's who he's going to be facing. The Dream came out, said that the, you know, NXT Championship match needed an experience. 
And I think that's the match I would want NXT to do would be Champa versus Dream for the NXT Championship. I think that right now it makes sense to do it. I mean, yeah, Lars Sullivan was involved in the segment, but I don't think right now it's Lars Sullivan's time to get that shot. I think he'll get his shot eventually. But I think right now, Ciampa Dream is the match you're looking for. And the crazy part about when that segment ended is we still don't know what the NXT Championship match is going to be. So hopefully that will go down this Wednesday coming up. I would like to know, you know, what we're going to see moving forward. I don't think it's going to be a triple threat, though. Sullivan, Dream, and Ciampa. That, right now, would not make any sense. Ciampa, Dream is your NXT Championship match to take over War Games. No more need to be said about that. But getting back to the Johnny Gargano and Elixir Black deal. Gargano Black is one of those matches I definitely wanted to see. Ever since, you know, DIY broke up and Aleister Black made his had his deal and started to rise up, became NXT champion and all that. I figured Gargano Black was going to be a match that could have been for the NXT championship. I would have really liked to see that for the title. I think that would have been one of the best matches for an NXT championship we may have ever seen. It was fantastic, you know, to think that. But then the whole injury happened and then it was Gargano Champa again at TakeOver uh, Brooklyn 4. And then we get to him being attacked, and now we get to here. The match that these two are going to have at TakeOver War Games, I think is going to be something very special. TakeOver War Games, are, is, I mean, is going to shape up to be fucking fantastic. And the one thing that I truly appreciate, and I think that it all makes sense now for Triple H to keep Nikki Cross down in NXT, to have her be involved in this major storyline, one of the biggest storylines of the year, and have her be an absolute gem throughout this entire storyline. She was the single sole reason that we that kept us that was like the main reason to keep me invested. Nikki Cross knew who did it. She had the secret. And, th- and then she told Cassius Ono, I know what you did. Telling Velveteen Dream, I know what you did. And all of this stuff. And then with that segment we saw on Wednesday, the entire night she was basically saying, He's coming, he's coming. Even when William William Regal had security outside, she was messing with them, he's coming. And then when Aleister Black arrived, before they could announce who would face Tomasa Champa for the NXT Championship, Nikki Cross came out saying, he's here, he's here. And right then and there, it cut right to Aleister Black beating the shit out of security, walking into the Full Sail Arena, heading straight to the ring, made a beeline for William Regal, grabbed him by the suit jacket and said, where is he? The emotion that moment is something we don't see anywhere else the main roster hasn't done anything like this Raw nor Smackdown NXT just dropped this beautiful gem of a storyline upon us and blessed us with with an amazing moment in time 
when the man in black finally came out when the hoodie came off and it was seen to be Jordy Gargano laying the super kick on Aleister Black. Then him grabbing the mic saying, I'm right here. You can't get any, you can't get any better than that. And that was the last moment of NXT, that cliffhanger, that what do you do now? What do we go from here? It was just, it was a sight to behold. You know, how NXT just comes up with these crazy storylines, how, how they just figure it all out. Just, they sit there, they break it down, and I like the, and they have time to break it down, even. They're tape shows while they're doing their whole deal and, you know, the live tour, they're concocting all these storylines up. And this, whoever had this idea, A, deserves a raise, big time, and deserves a major kudos for having this come all together. Just having that many people involved with the storyline, oh no, same, you know, heavy machinery and then getting a match out of that with uh champa and dozovich and that was one of the one of the best matches that of uh dozovich's career and champa brought out the best in him and it was everything with that with this with the storyline and you know as a whole has been fantastic what else i enjoyed on nxt was the fact that ec3 finally got his moment in the sun getting a huge victory over adam cole uh, last week in the opening match it was great to see I really love the fact that you know they're starting to push EC3 a little bit especially over beating the former NXT champ- I mean, North American champion it's, it's definitely something to hang your hat on it's a damn good feather in your cap so I think now is a good time to start if they're starting to push EC3 push them push them up to become that you know possible contender for the North American title I would like to see a Ricochet-EC3 matchup. I think that would be a solid match and could be a really, really interesting feud not only just for EC3, but for Ricochet. I I, I love it. I love the fact that they're, they have all this talent and they're now starting to, you know... Yeah, they held down EC3 for a while. He had his whole deal with the Velveteen Dream. He unfortunately lost in that matchup. He needed to lose that bad matchup, if, you know... But now he's starting to come into his own and EC3 is now a, a, starting to be a major name in the developmental brand. And I do appreciate the fact that they're really going to go gung, hopefully go gung ho on EC3. Maybe a future North American title shop is in his future. I hope so. That would be really nice to see. But now he's at the, he's got the whole involvement with EC3, with uh, yeah, EC3, the Undisputed Era. You know, because after the match... They attacked EC3 and beat the ever-living shit out of him. Bobby Fish pretty much went ham with a chair. So I don't know if, you know, if, th- if that's going to be the match for War Games, a four-on-four. You know, maybe... I don't know. That would be nice to see. You know, War Raiders. You know, maybe Undisputed. I'm not sure what, the, you know, what, what War Games is going to be, but... Whatever they do, I know it's going to be special. And make that the main event. Hopefully. What I also liked about NXT is Mia Yim making her NXT debut. In a very, very decent, very good match. In a good match against uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah definitely held her own against Mia Yim. Definitely one of the bright stars coming out from the new PC class. And... Having Mia Yim in there, like I said on Twitter, adds depth, more depth to your women's division. It's going to get to a point where, you know, Shayna Baszler's not going to be there. Kyrie Sane's not going to be there. 
and the fact that they added a Amiga Yim, and now you also have, you know, a Bianca Belair, who's probably going to be next in line for the Women's Championship. You have Lacey Evans, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Vanessa Bourne, Mia Yim, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Io Shirai. The women's division is quite deep and has much more to offer than what the main women's main roster has been offering. And yes, I'm going to be going into evolution after this. And speaking of women's revolution, the Mae Young Classic. This year's Mae Young Classic tournament was a much better tournament than last year's in terms of talent, in terms of matches, in terms of, you know, what they brought to the table, especially when it got to the of the quarterfinals. That's when they really, really shined. The semifinals was not just some of the best women's matches I've seen all year, some of the best matches I have seen all year, period. Mako Sanamura versus Tony Storm was one of the best women's matches I have ever seen. Hands down. No question. They told one hell of a story. This, this, this was for the final. To be involved in the finals of the Mae Young Classic and the, and I'm doing this for the air quotes, first ever all-women's pay-per-view. Feel me? Like, this is, this is what, that was what the revolution Women's Revolution is truly about. Not this Mambi PNB total diva shit. Not this, you know, having Ronda Rousey being there because she's a mainstream name and, you know, having her at the forefront of the Raw Women's Division when everyone else is taking a backseat of Sasha Banks or Ruby Riot, Ember Moon, uh, Bailey. This, this was the match of the tournament. I was hoping Shirai Storm would be the match of the tournament, match of the tournament, given that it was the Beyond Classic Finals. But we'll get into that in a minute. Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley was a match I did not know I wanted to see until it happened. Not just because Io Shirai is one of the best talents that, best international talents that you know WWE has ever signed. This, she was a big signing. It was a big name coming out of coming out of her being signed to NXT and her coming into the Mae Young Classic Tournament to be showcased. Rhea Ripley was the was the rising star of the tournament. I'm t- I'm I mean I'm I'm with uh JD from NY206 when he said Mako Sanamura was the MVP of this tournament. She was. I mean her final boss moniker really def- she held to that moniker. Like she was like that legend status and you know I never heard of her before, but then after this tournament, I know who she is. I hope they do. I hope she does more with WWE. I think she could be one hell of a talent for the company if she ever decides to make the jump from Japan to WWE. She is a legend, and she proved that in this tournament, and she killed it. Rhea Ripley, though, was the rising star of this tournament. Think about where she was in the first Mae Young Classic tournament. She was just a baby face, you know, former soccer player, one hell of an athlete, looking good. Okay, I can, I can, you know, I dig what she's bringing to the table. But what, it, but what a difference a year makes, man. She went from baby face, solid, you know, baby face, to this 
now. One, she's become one hell of a heel in WWE. I love her transformation. She's become this dastardly heel, no fucks given type attitude. Has that, you know, rocker mentality, treats the ring as a mosh pit, and a very aggressive in-ring style that I appreciate. She's becoming she she could be a major player in 2019. Now that you have NXT UK, that just gives her more of an opportunity to actually branch out and kick all kinds of ass and be a part of that UK Women's Championship Tournament. I love it. I love what she brings to the table. I think now she's going to be that she is. I'm saying it right now. She will be on my future stars list for 2019 for 20 going into 2019. I'm telling you. I already have. She makes number two. She makes number two. I already, I'm saying Hangman Page right now. After the G1, Hangman Page and Rhea Ripley. Put those two in there. And if I do not say their names when it comes time to for the Future Stars Awards at the end of the year, get on my ass. But Rhea Ripley is definitely going to be one to watch out for going into 2019. I think she's, I mean, she's going to have a damn good year. A banner year for her. Come 2019. Lastly, though, before we go on and talk about evolution i just want to thank you guys so fucking much for the love you've been showing the past you know few weeks i know i've been i'm a numbers guy so you know once i put out the show and let it go out there and do all my social media stuff and after that you know i check on it you know, i was like you know who's checking on it you know how many plays we got you know even if it's just you know four or five and, and out of nowhere you guys just came out of nowhere and just blew it up and i'm greatly appreciative for that i want to thank you guys so much like I always say, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world, I appreciate you check, taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your brunch, your first shit of the day. It doesn't matter, man. I, I truly and greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to check out the show and hearing what I have to say. And you guys, you know, consistently coming back and, ch- and continue to check out the show and becoming a fan. And that makes me happy. That makes me, you know, feel like I'm definitely doing something right. You know, because if you keep coming back and you want to check out the show and you're telling your friends about this, yo, this guy's Zach from the Wrestling Issues Podcast. He's freaking crazy. <laughs> no, no, don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. But yeah, thank you guys so much, man. This is episode 19 of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling with Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 19 of the Young Lions Perspective. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. I'm so thankful and glad that you are checking out this show. And today, of course, coming off the heels of the, I'm going to do air quotes as I'm doing this, follow along, the first ever all-women's pay-per-view. WWE Evolution that went down last night at the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, Long Island. Now, before I get into the whole breakdown of Evolution, I just want to say, if you've seen the GIF on Twitter with Bart Simpson walking up to the cake that says, at least you tried took the cake and then threw it in the garbage. That was pretty much what I thought of Evolution last night. 
grading it as a whole, I gave it a very, very generous C minus. I mean, the three matches that we had we had talked about on our evolution predictions: Io Shirai, Tony Storm, Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, and of course Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair were the matches that everyone was pretty much the be- three best matches of the entire night. I wasn't wrong there. What did get me though is that this was not a historic pay per view by any means. And if and if you, you know, really knew what was going on with the whole deal with evolution, that you knew this wasn't gonna be like cream of the crop, the best matches you would want to see for your from your women. From the women, I should say. And giving us matches that do truly what's the word I'm looking for? You know, conceptualize evolution. What we were given was a literal, a literal glorified house show. Similar to what it was to Super Showdown, it was a glorified house show. That had three good matches on the card and everything else could have literally got the fuck out of it. Not even gonna front. It was, it was an average pay-per-view. I mean, if you just called it a house show, I would have been perfectly fine with it. It's a reason... That they at the at the of the day of the event they were selling tickets for six dollars and twenty five cents. I shit you not. On was it Thursday before I had a had a nice little three day weekend before I went back to work today. A friend of mine from work and I were checking out. He was checking out prices for tickets for Evolution, and I saw it and they were doing tickets for ten dollars. Ten fucking dollars for pretty much the price of a number nine in McDonald's if you got it large could be change the price wherever you go but where I'm at I could probably for that same ten dollar bill I could probably get a number nine at McDonald's and have change left over it sucked that they didn't put as much care as they should have for evolution. Because this was supposed to be a historic event, right? This was supposed to be the first ever all-women's pay-per-view. This was supposed to be a revolutionary pay-per-view, and it pretty much just fell flat. For a majority of the night. I mean, I'm I mean, I want like I said on uh, and I posted on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter at Swade Senator WWI, that I was about to record this episode last night and I completely forgot that the show was going to start at 7 o'clock. I completely forgot pay-per-views now start at 7 p.m. instead of 8. It was 6.15 when I (laughs) got out of the shower. I got everything sorted. I got all my notes, got everything I needed, sat down, realized, what the fuck time is it? When the hell does the evolution come on? And I was just like, damn it. Can't record tonight. So I figured, do it today before Raw. And I'm going to get it out to you guys. By the time you hear this, it's uh, more than likely Raw's going to be on. And we're going to see how the first week without Roman Reigns is going to go. We'll see how it goes. But let's get into Evolution. Starting off the night, of course, Trish Stratus and Lita versus Alicia Fox and Mickey James. Uh, Come to find out, I believe, earlier in the day, 
Miss Bliss. Come to find out, she was not going to be. I think it was a few days ago we found out she wasn't going to be involved with the event due to, like, I, I believe it was concussion, concussion protocol or something like that. But we'll get into all that in a little bit later. But then, so they go to the ring and Lillian Garcia returns to introduce the opener. Uh, of course, Trish Stratus and Lita make their way out first. After that, Alexa Bliss comes out. She was, like I said, she was supposed to be scheduled for the match, match but she takes the mic and welcomes, up, welcomes all of us to Evolution. I'm trying very hard not to sleep at this point. She promised this will be an amazing night. She jokes that it's past bedtime for Trish and Lita, but they need to turn their hearing reins up, hearing aids up and focus as Bliss introduces the true pioneers of the women's division. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to, not to laugh while reading this. Oh my god. You got it half right, Alexa. You got it half right. And there goes my damn tablet. Son of a... Sorry. I don't know that one. No one fucking asked you, Kindle. Anyway, the match started off with uh, Mickey and Lita. It was it was nice uh, to see you know Lita and Mickey back in the ring again with each other. Um, fans started chanting for Lita as she took Mickey to the corner. Mickey went for a cheap shot. Lita dropped her. Uh, she keeps control with a Lita Kenrana and hits a clothesline. She starts getting more offense until Mickey uh, knees her and tags in Fox. Uh, they started, she got, uh, we got our first, uh, you still got it chant of the night with, uh, for Lita, as she fights off Fox and Mickey as she comes back in, uh, she tags in Trish, get a, there's a nice little pop from the crowd, Lita leaps off Trish's back and hits a double clothesline in the corner, that was a nice little spot there, uh, Trish waits for Fox to get up, and now his fans start to chant Trish's name, I like the fact that, you know, Trish and Lita were a tag team, it would have been nice to see, uh, Miss Bliss in the matchup, but, of course, concussion protocol, uh, later on in the match, Lita tags back in. Lita tags back in after uh, Trish hurt, hit a hurricane runner for a close two count. Uh, Fox and Mickey regroup on the outside. Uh, Bliss talks strategy with them, but they look to be walking out of the match. Of course, doing the uh, proper heel thing. Trish and Lita stop uh, Fox and Mickey, and the brawl continues to the outside. Lita brought Mickey back into the ring, and Fox charged with a boo, but accidentally dropped Mickey in the process. Lita dropped Fox. Uh, Lita goes to the top, hits a lead assault on Mickey, but uh, uh, Miss Bliss got involved and uh, pulling Lita off the top rope, actually, and doing that. So, wait, let me make sure I got this right. According to the concussion protocol, she was out, but she did a spot during the match. Correct me if I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Wouldn't that mean she wouldn't be doing that kind of spot in the match if concussion protocol were involved? Maybe it was an arm injury. I don't know, but from what I heard, it was concussion protocol. Just wanted to point that out there. Just wanted to put it in there. Get in your brains that Miss Bliss had concussion protocol or whatever and got did a spot during the match. Referee didn't see the interference. Uh, Mickey get, uh, takes over, takes on, uh, works on Lita. Uh, keeps Lita down by her leg. Uh, Fox tags back in as they keep Lita near the corner. Mickey keeps Lita grounded. Uh, Lita then fights free. Mickey, Mickey near, needs her in the face. Uh, then comes with, with a cheap shot to Trish. Uh, Trish runs in, but the referee stops her. Lita ends up getting dropped again by a Mickey netbreaker. Only that got a two count. Uh, but towards the end is what I want to talk about. Because in the end, Trish and Lita won. I'm just going to put that out there. But it was towards the end where Mickey had uh, was on the top rope. 
she then uh, was a, she kicks Trish, went for the DDT, but it's blocked. Trish then goes for Stratisfaction. Was it? Yeah, Trish went for Stratisfaction on on Mickey, but Fox breaks it up. But it was the way they had Fox break it up to the point where literally the referee had to wait an extra fucking second so Alicia Fox can get into the goddamn ring and break it up. Literally, if you saw this, it was one, two, and the literally, uh, literally, he like I felt so bad for the referee. He had to wait an extra goddamn second so Alicia Fox, who came late to break up the damn pin, can get into the ring and break up the damn pin. We already we already hit Botchamania level in the first match because you know that's going to be on Botchamania. Guarantee it's going to be on Botchamania. Was some fucked up like quote maybe from the referee or Alicia Fox saying something during that match? But my God, you've been in the deck, you've been in this company for over a decade now, and you're still pulling this shit. Uh, yeah. So Lita takes Fox out with the twist of fate. Lita went up to the top rope, hit a moonsault on Fox and Mickey at the same time. Mickey gets up. Uh, Trish drops her with a chick kick, and they got the pin and the victory. I'm trying very hard at this point not to, like, trying to stop laughing my ass off after seeing that goddamn forsaken. We- <laughs> it, was a, such a, it was such a bad botch, and everybody on my timeline that I saw was just shitting all over it. Like, that botch was all, that was Dana Brooke-level botching, people. That was <laughs> so fucking bad. But uh, moving on after that, after the uh, tag match, uh, Kayla Braxton was backstage with the Bellas. Um, Brie Bella said, uh, shuts Kayla down uh, when she asked about making the feud with Ronda Rousey personal, saying R- Ronda Rousey made it personal first. Nikki Bella then uh, talks about facing Ronda Rousey tonight and says she will dedicate the win over Rousey to a special person, Ronda Rousey's mother. How nice. She then talks about uh, how Razi's mom deserves better, so she will be an honorable member of the Bella Army tonight. And, of course, they show the damn rhinestone fucking vest, and I'm just trying not to gag. Nikki then says the only thing ending tonight is Rousey's title reign because she will walk out of her own show with the title tonight. We have her word, and the, twin, and the Bella Twins walk off, to which, to which I believe, for at least a split second, that they were really going to give Nikki Bella the title. Last night, I really had that thought in my head. You always got to have that thought in the back of your head. I did pick Ronda Rousey to win, and but that creeping thought that always has in the back of your mind that is just like maybe they're stupid enough to pull this off. Maybe we don't know, but it's there. Uh, up next was a 20 woman battle royal, the winner earning a future WWE women's title shot. And it was nice to see every one of the competitors had their own entrance. You know what I mean? I was thinking, you know, they're just going to have the first two or they're just going to have that, that that goddamn salute fucking song playing. the. I swear to God, if I ever hear that song again, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Because they played that song after every damn match when they went uh, to Cole uh, Young and uh, Phoenix at, uh, at the commentary. And I was just wondering, like, can we just end this shit? Like, I was really wanting it to end for the simple fact that I just didn't want to hear that fucking song anymore. But I'm glad they didn't play that song and just have all the competitors walk out. Every single one of them got their own entrance theme and had a chance to walk out for the crowd. It was really, really nice. 
so that, as to they had it for the participants walking out, I'm doing the same thing. They had what? Naomi, uh, Michelle McCool, Sonya Deville, Alundra Blaze, Carmella, Zelina Vega, Kelly Kelly, Samina Snuka, Ember Moon, Lana, Maria Kanellis. That was it was really nice to see uh, Maria Kanellis come out and do the Battle Royal, considering the fact that she's now on 205 Live with Mike Kanellis. Mandy Rose, Molly Holly, Dana Brooke, Nia Jax, Ivory, and Asuka. And, of course, Tori Wilson came out after that, and then at the end, it was, of course, at 19 and 20, the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. And this must have been, uh, let's practice our promos night, because then Peyton and Billy took to the mic, uh, other female superstars looking on. They mocked Long Island, of course, take some shots at the stars in the ring. Uh, they enter the ring still talking trash on the mic. Um, doing their pose at the ends, iconic, and that was fine and dandy and all that. Um, the bell rang, and everyone immediately went after the iconics, and they were gone. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the eliminations. I just simply want to talk about the final four of this particular battle royal. It came down to, what, Asuka, Nia Jax, Tamina, and Ember Moon. Now, for all those that did see the match, we know Nia Jax did win the Battle Royal and and gained yet another WWE Women's Championship match. And I was just absolutely confused. As to why they did this. Now, just to go over what happened in the final four, um, Asuka and Moon faced off. Asuka smiling at her. They shoved each other and they go at it. Asuka with a big knee to her, uh, the face. She missed a hip attack. Moon kicked her in the face and Moon eliminated Asuka. So, and it, and during that little span, uh, span of time, uh, they were chanting NXT, NXT. And this should have been like just to think that with the few they had in NXT and to think these, one of these two should have won the Battle Royal. So, right after uh, Asuka was eliminated, Moon turns around to a super kick from Tamina, but she caught it, rocks her, and then Tamina with a spinning side slam to Moon. Jax grabbed Tamina, but Tamina super kicks her. Moon rocks Tamina as fans chant for Moon. Uh, Moon drop kicks Jax next while she's down, then goes back and forth with uh, Jax and Snuka. She goes up to the top, hits the eclipse on Tamina, and then she eliminates Tamina right after that. Um, Jax then shoved Moon down to the mag and overpowers her. Uh, Jax tosses Moon across the ring as they, uh, as you start to hear Let's Go Ember chants. Ember Moon gets sent to the apron but hangs on and fights back. Moon tries to bring Jax over the top rope but Jax resists. Uh, and then we completely forgot Zelina Vega was still involved with the match. So it was technically the final five. Uh, she runs in, tempts them both to the apron. Uh, she was never eliminated, of course. Pulling the old, uh, I got knocked outside of the ring. I'm just going to chill out for a little bit and I'm going to come back in. Uh, she thinks she won. While they're still in the apron, Jax comes back in the ring. Vegas, Vega had a little shocked look on her face. She tried to turn away. Uh, Jax grabbed her by the hair, picks her up into a military press, and then uh, just threw her out of the ring right on top of Tamina. Uh, at that point, Jax turned around uh, to Moon, started drop kicking her, trying to get her out of the ring. Uh, rocked her a few times to try to get her over the rope. Moon charges, but Jax slams her hard into the mat from mid move. Then takes Moon over the top, tosses Moon over the top to win the battle royal to earn a future title shot. Here's what I don't like about this shit here. We've seen Nia Jax Ronda Rousey already. We've seen it. It happened. 
Alexa Bliss came in, cashed in her Money in the Bank briefcase that same night at Money in the Bank, and became the women's champion. Hmm. I don't know that. Seriously, tablet, we're, we're, we're going to do this right now. Let me let me talk. You 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 stay there. Uh, this is going to be so hard, but I've already seen that match. I had Oscar winning this battle royal for the simple fact that Becky Lynch Oscar would have been dope as fuck. Becky Lynch needs something new. Charlotte needs something new after the feud is over. After the last woman standing match. Asuka would have been the perfect opponent for Becky Lynch to take on. If she wanted to prove that she is the best that SmackDown has to offer. Ember Moon winning this match. I would not have been in mad out whatsoever. None whatsoever. Ember Moon deserves the opportunity. As much as Asuka does. Nia Jax had her opportunity. She was the Raw Women's Champion. She won it at WrestleMania. So now we have to see Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax again? I, I just didn't even see the call. But then when I saw The Rock's mom, um, that all made sense there, tying into the whole, uh, you know, Roman, Roman Reigns love deal and, you know, Rock's mom being there. just made It, it, it perfectly all made sense. I'm like, they do it for Roman still. Um, jokingly, I said it. But I mean, it all made two and you know two and two made four, and I'm just like, Ugh. you know, I really would have liked to see, you know, it would have been nice to see either one of those two win the battle royal and do something different for a change. It really would have been nice to see something different. Going into the next match, we have the of course the May Young Classic Finals between Tony Storm and Io Shirai. Here's what here's what went wrong here. It was too fucking short. This match went 10 minutes at, I think, at the most 10 minutes. The match was good. Don't get me wrong. The match was good. But I was listening to JD from M1206's podcast, and I think I was listening to Solid Monsters match too, and they had concerns about the match itself, especially since the fact that it was on on Vince McMahon time and on Triple H's time. Because if it was on Triple H time, this match wouldn't have went 20 minutes time. At least 20 minutes. You know, going, you know, hearkening to... Sadamura and Storm. When that, I think that went like at least 20 minutes. And they told a good story because of it. I loved it. And I would have liked to see a little bit more out of that. I feel like it never got out of first gear. Like it ju- like I just started getting to that, that second gear and they cut it short. And it kind of pissed me off. Like I had the feeling that they might have done something like that. and I didn't, I, But I didn't want them to be handcuffed. Because it, it's this is the it's the May Young Classic Finals. Why would you not want Tony Storm and Io Shirai to give the best match of their lives to the people in Long Island? Remember, this is Evolution. These are literally two ladies that are going to be part of the future of WWE as we know it, especially in NXT and NXT UK. And you only gave them ten minutes. Of course, they uh had uh, Jessica Carr in the middle of the ring. Uh, show the trophy that the winner was going to receive. You see a couple of uh, competitors on the crowd. That being, I believe Tegan Knox, Rhea Ripley was there. Um, I can't remember who the other two were. Um, but in the towards the end of the match was where it started to build into that next gear. So Shirai ended up drop kicking Storm from the apron after she has after uh, she hesitated. Shirai ran to the ring, jumps up top, nails a huge moonsault from the top of the fo- top to the floor on Storm. This was fantastic. I mean, that was something that Charlotte would want to take notes on. 
And we'll talk about her moonsault later on in this. But that was a very nice, nice, clean moonsault. To just go up top, go and just nail it on Storm. Uh, they start battling on the apron now, trading shots and counters. And Storm out of nowhere hits a German suplex on the apron. And you heard that thud with Shirai falling to the floor. Uh, they come back in. They start trading shots in the middle of the ring again. Shirai starts unloading on Storm. More back and forth between the two. Shirai got a very close two count after a springboard sunset flip. And that was really, really clean from Shirai. Hits her uh, double knees in the corner. Drag Storm over. I believe earlier in the match, um, Storm hit Storm Zero. Early in the match. And she kicked out of that. And I'm thinking, okay, this is where we start to pick up. She already kicked out of Storm Zero. Now she's going to go for... The moonsault, kick out of that, and then we start fighting even more. So she drags Storm over, walks up, walks over her, goes for the Isai moonsault. Storm gets her knees up, hits a second Storm Zero, and that was it. I really sat there thinking, like, they really cut it that short? I mean, I understand you have, you know, Baszler Sane and the last woman standing match for the women's title, but my God. My God, we, we couldn't even, excuse me, we couldn't even have what possibly could have been match of the night from these two. Like, it really, I mean, it's, it's things like that that really could either give me give the show a, a better grade than I gave it. Like I said in the open, I gave this show a generous C minus because of stuff like this. And of course, you know, the botch, the battle royal, that was whatever. But this really kind of like dampered the show a little bit. It, it it felt like when with Daniel Bryan and The Miz at Super Showdown and that quick two-minute match that they had, it really felt like, you know, it never got out of that second gear. Hell, that match was down, not even got a first gear. They were just starting to go down, down off the line and that was it. But if it, if it could, if we just got 10 more minutes... You had the time. You had three and a half hours to do the show. So I think another 10 minutes, they deserve that much. I believe they did. And that kind of really dampened the show for me a little bit. And at this point, I'm already starting to think, man, this is going to be a bad night. It's going to be a bad night. But we did, and it got even worse because we got the six-woman tag between the Riot Squad, Sasha Banks, Natalia, and Bailey. Okay, I can start talking about it now. <sighs> I'm not even going to talk about the match. I'm really not. Um, it was like I said in the Evolution predictions. This match really didn't need to happen. We've seen, literally seen this match as a, you know, fought with the whole Sasha Banks Bailey deal, the non feud on feud, the feuds on, feuds off. Then coming back on, and then they're best friends again, and now we're here, Evolution, and they're involved in a six-woman tag against the Riot Squad again. Again. And you just, just add whoever you want to be the, the six-woman in that match at that at that time. It was, it was just another match I would have seen on Raw anyway. It really was. I mean, at the end of the match, Logan's puts uh, bank on, Banks on her shoulders. Liv goes up to the top for the big double-team Doomsday Device. Logan gets back into the match after a double team, but Natalia breaks up the pin on Banks. 
Logan sends Natalia out and keeps control of Banks. Liv tags in for another double team on Banks with Logan. Ruby then tags in and goes to goes to the top, but Bailey comes in and lays on top of Banks to protect her. This was actually a nice spot in the match. Ruby leaps off the top anyway and landed on Banks and Bailey. That was probably one of the better spots of the match. Ruby then covers Banks, but she still manages to kick out it too. Riot Squad can't believe it. I was too busy on Twitter. Liv tags in, but misses a kick to Banks. Ruby then tags back in. Logan tries to slam Ruby on top of Banks, but Banks moved. Natalia comes in, unloads on Logan. Ruby then tags in, and Natalia doesn't see it. Natalia slams Logan, but in comes Ruby. Natalia rocks her and slams her on top of Logan. Natalia goes for a double sharpshooter on Logan and Riot. She gets it locked in, but Liv's break it as the legal person. Liv gets a, a two count on Natalia. Uh... Morgan then gets a stomp to the back of Natalia's head in the corner. Liv charges, but Natalia lifts her up for a powerbomb. Bailey follows up and hits a top rope, the top, her top rope elbow after the powerbomb. Then Bailey goes up to the top, and a la Eddie Guerrero hits a frog splash to get the victory in the six-woman tag match that, honestly, none of us should fucking care about. And this honestly needs to end. Seriously. When can we just get Sasha Banks versus Bailey? Hmm? I, I think I said it on Twitter last night. It would have been, this match would have actually been okay with me had Sasha, had, and this would have been the perfect night for Sasha Banks to turn on Bailey. And I've given this chance after chance for Sasha Banks and Bailey to get off the ground. And I've said it before that this would have been the best feud for Raw for their women's division in 2018. I said it. And because you have Ronda at the top, but you really don't have anyone to fight for the championship. You have people there, but I'm not seeing a Sasha Banks take on Ronda for the women's championship. I'm not seeing a Bailey take on Ronda. I'm not even seeing an Ember or a Ruby Riot take on Ronda. We got Nikki Bella. For what? You know, they should be involved in the championship scene. Because now that, and I'm just going to, because we already know what happened. Nikki lost. You got to have contenders for the title. Who you got? Because from what I'm seeing, no one's credible to take on Ronda. The only only thing that would make sense at this point for Ronda is to go to Survivor Series, take on Becky, have that match, and probably go all the way to WrestleMania and face Charlotte for the Women's Championship. Have Charlotte win the Rumble, and then you get Charlotte Ron, uh, Charlotte Ronda at this point. But you have no... But e- even though I have the feeling that Ronda's going to go all the way to WrestleMania with the Women's Championship, it, it kills me that they're not having Sasha Banks be built up. To have Because ba- you could have honestly had, you know, going hearkening back to what um, Kurt Angle said, a few, I believe it was a couple months ago, you know, if neither of you can actually coexist on Raw, maybe one of you actually has to leave. Why not build that up to a loser leaves Raw match and do some sort of trade? You know, have Sasha beat Bailey. Bailey gets kicked off the brand. She gets traded over to SmackDown, and you trade for whomever, whoever you want. You know what I mean? It would have been nice to see something like that go down between those two instead of seeing the Riot Squad against Sasha Banks, Bailey, and whoever you want to put in for that night. I hope this is the last time we see this. After Evolution, I don't want to see this anymore. Tonight, if I, if I, I swear, if they put this match on, I will turn Raw off. 
by the time you hear this, Raw will already be probably happening. So if I'm on, if you're following me on Twitter while well, I live tweet tonight, keep up with me because I'm not trying to see that match ever again. They've had their time. We've seen it. It's over. Get past it. Move on, people. Move on. Now, hearkening to one of the very wonderful spotlights of this card, the NXT Women's Title Match between Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. I'm gonna take a sip of water real quick because this is gonna take a long fucking time to get this shit popping. Another sip. Mm-hmm. Got to keep hydrated when you're talking for a long periods of time, guys. All right. This was probably a very, very interesting match to see. I love the way they went about this match. I knew this was definitely going to be one of the matches of the night. But the way they ended it was just... Was so priceless. So fucking priceless. Um, the Just the intensity from these two. Before them, when they did their opening introductions was fan-fucking-tastic. And they definitely went at it, at each other. Of course, you know, they locked up trade holes. Baszler gets the upper hand first, more back and forth. Sane gets a leg sweep, takes Baszler down, counters with a kick, and keeps control. Then she she ducked another kick, went for a back elbow, but Baszler applied to see for already, going for that a cure food of clutch. Uh, Sane came back with a jawbreaker, then taunts Baszler and charges him with a sliding clothesline against the ropes. She puts a boot, boots to the gut now as Baszler rolls out to the floor. Sane follows and keeps control and jumps off the steel steps, but she missed. Baszler run into a big slap and she went down. Uh, Sane then charges against the steps. Baszler blocks her and drives Sane into the steps. She brings it back into the ring and delivers a big knee to the face in the corner. And I'm, I'm already, I'm like, yep, let's go. Let's keep this going. This is, this is already first gear. Let's get it popping. Uh, she came up with another big knee in the corner, slams Sane on her face, gets two count out of that, starts working on that arm. Of course, you know, Baszler being the bully that she is, trying to destroy the arm a la El Pentagon Jr. She was definitely doing some shit like that. That was definitely a tribute to Pentagon, for sure. Started working on that arm, the wrist, and the fingers while Sane is down. Uh, Sane bends the arm back and stands on the fingers of the... Uh, no, uh, Baszler uh, bent, bent the arm back and started standing on the fingers of the ref, uh, Jessica Star- Carr... Started warning her. Uh, Baszler looks to break Sane's hands. The crowd pops in disgust, and they were there. I love when she when she tries to get that, tries to break the hands and go for that Pete Dunne style move. I fucking love that. She's she is such a heel. Like I said, she's a top. She's one of the top three heels in the company right now. Her Tommaso Champion Samoa Joe. I don't care what anyone says. She's a top heel in this company right now, big time. The way she just goes about it, the ring, her confidence, the way she just talks shit in the ring, it's fucking fantastic. It's great. So, uh, rolls Baszler, uh, Sane rolls Baszler up. What was it? Yeah, Sane rolls Baszler up for two count of nowhere. Baszler comes right back and takes the, uh, working on her arm. They uh, trade a big shots in the middle of the ring. Sane ends up dropping Baszler and stunning her, but they're both down. Fans start getting the NXT chance going. This is a huge match. You know it's going to be real. Sane starts to apply, uh, starts to apply the anchor, but she, uh, that's broken up. Uh, Sane did keep control and nailed a high impact spear out of the corner. Sane yells out as the crowd pops. She stomps around and, of course, looking for that walks the walk the plank uh, double knee uh, attack as Baszler recovered. She uh, comes with a big shoulder thrust in the corner, actually, uh, then hits the neckbreaker for a close two count. Uh, you get a little bit more back and forth now. Sane then going up to the top. Baszler cut her off. She hangs Sane by her arm while standing on the turnbuckles. 
as Zane screams in pain. And that was a nice little visual there. Uh, right after that, uh, Baszler dropped Zane to the floor. The referee started warning her. Uh, she looks down at Zane and started mocking her. Zane then counters a move, hits a big DDT in the middle of the ring. Zane went up to the top for the insane elbow. Baszler rolls out of the way to the floor. Uh, Zane was still at the top as she turns and leaps out to Baszler on the floor and took her down. Uh, right after that move, we start getting more NXT chants. Baszler sidesteps and sends Zane into the barrier. Um, Zane, then she's saying send uh, Baszler over the barrier right into the front row where the other NXT superstars were. She then brings Baszler back over, but uh, Duke, Jessamine Duke actually started... Uh, one of the two uh, four, four horsewomen grabs Sane's hair. She dropped Duke with a back fist. Uh, she lands on the other side of the barrier at ringside. Sane then goes to the top, but then you see Marina Shafir, Mrs. Roddy Strong herself, and she interferes from the apron. Sane grabs Shafir and drops her off the apron with a back fist. Sane, uh, Baszler then took advantage, uh, puts in, locks in the cure for the clutch. Sane does the same pinfall move that she did when she beat Baszler, but that only got a two count. Same thing goes for another pin attempt. Duke got involved in the apron again with a huge roundhouse kick to the top of her head. Uh, Baszler catches her in the cure for the clutch. Sane started fading uh, and made Sane pass out. Referee called for the bell, and Baszler is now a two-time NXT Women's Champion. After the match, she took the title, raised, the, raised the, had her arm raised as the music hits. We see... Uh, Shafir and Duke leave with Baszler as Sane is in the ring recovering from the loss. And I love that ending. That ending was fucking solid. And I think it made sense after I sat down and thought about it for a minute that honestly, Sane, I mean, besides Belair, she doesn't really have anyone to face at the moment. So I think Baszler winning uh, does lead to take over war games where I, where I believe it does make sense. Baszler will lose, may lose the NXT Championship and then move up to the main roster after Survivor Series. I think because usually big four, pay, big five pay per views, boom, you're doing uh, you're doing call ups and all that stuff. And I think it would, I think it made sense to get Baszler the title and then end the feud with Sane beating Baszler at NXT Takeover War Games, um, and her getting her title back. Then you can go into Belair Sane or, you know. Who was it? I'm trying to think of who it was. I think it was JD from NY206. I listen to him a lot. He's a really good dude. I would say check him out if you don't, if you haven't already. Really good fucking podcaster. Killing it right now. Um, in the YouTube YouTube wrestling community. In that game, he's killing it. But he was saying that, you know, maybe a Bianca Belair could, you know, make and get them to a triple threat. It would make sense. Belair's undefeated. She's never been beaten in singles action or any match, period. You can do that. Um, but right now, I think you can wait for Bel Air to get her, become the number one contender for the Women's Championship and start building the, uh, towards TakeOver Phoenix in January and have same Bel Air there. That would be, uh, I think that would be the best of ideas right now and have same defend the title going forward. That would be really nice to see. And just a little thought, throwing it out there, but we... But I'm not, like I said, I'm not even going to talk about the Ronda Rousey-Nikki Bella match. I'm not going to talk about it. It was trash. I hated every bit of it. It went way too fucking long. Longer than I want, longer than it should have. Ronda Rousey beat Nikki Bella for the championship. Done. Because we need to talk about the last woman standing match for the SmackDown Women's title. That was the true 
main event of Evolution. And it was the second time in WWE history that the women had a last woman standing match. And everyone seems to fucking forget that Nikki Cross and Asuka had the, had the true first ever last woman standing match last year on NXT TV. And that match was a fucking amazing. Straight up amazing. So, I, I don't, I, I never really, I mean, cause, I guess just because it's main roster, it's the first ever match. Who gives a shit? Number two. And I said it last night. It's the second ever last woman standing match. I knew this match between these two was going to be good. I know it was going to be this good. I did not expect this match to be the the best women's main roster match I had ever seen in my life. This is the epitome of what a top 10 match of the year candidate is. I'm not even talking about women's match of the year. Because right now, if this match didn't go down the way it went down, I would literally have Sadamura and Storm in the running as women's match of the year. And that may be in my top 10 list too. Who knows? Stay tuned for that in December. But this right now, as it stands, after seeing this match last night, this match is, and Solid Monster said it too, this is the best women's main roster match he has ever seen. It was one of the best matches I have ever seen in my life. Just everything about this match added up to what happened last night. Aside from flaming tables, we got a shit ton of spots. Um, the intensity, I think, for this match was really good. Um, the pre, the pro, uh, video package before this match had some bullshit in it. They uh, they brought back they uh, brought back the uh, segment from the cutting edge at SmackDown 1000 when they had uh, Edge try to talk uh, Becky into believe you know she wasn't the person she he knows she could be. And after she said what she said um, uh, with your, your condescending act out of my ring, um, and while you're at it, don't hurt, break your, hurt your neck on the way down. They piped in booze for the promo, and I don't seem to get the I don't seem to understand or comprehend what kind of narrative WWE is trying to portray. I know they're trying to make her into a heel when she's not. Charlotte's the true heel in this battle, in this feud. She's been the heel. We've wanted Becky to become champion for so long. And now she's got the belt. And they're trying to make it seem as she is the... the. I mean, yeah, she's, she's portrayed as a badass. But not in the sense of a heel. In the sense of a rebellious baby face. Some would say Stone Cold Becky Lynch. I say it's kind of on the lines of Dean Ambrose. No, that badass... You know, he's, he's a baby face. Now heel, but... He could be a badass babyface if he wanted to somewhere down the line. But I, that that's that line she walks in. She's, she's just a badass, rebellious chick who's coming for hers, got hers, and now is trying to stand up for you know what she believes is right. And not having Charlotte Flair become champion for a ninth fucking time. She's still a babyface. She ain't a heel, so dead that shit. Even when the match started, it, the, the match was Pro-Becky. Just pro-Becky the entire time. Bill Rain, they started staring each other down. They knew this was going to be a battle. This is last woman standing. And 
they went off. Both of them went for big boots to start. They show each other up, start talking some trash. Flair dropped Becky first, taunts her with a flare strut, and then Becky slides out of a slam and clotheslines Flair and with more trash talking from Becky. Flair kipped up. Becky charged at her, but Flair took her down. Becky ended up dropping Flair with a flying clothesline, and she starts mocking her strut and dropped an elbow as fans continued to chant her name. They were eating this up, and you can't tell me she's not a goddamn babyface. She then lands, a, uh, drops a leg on Flair, tears the referee to start counting. Flair made it up at four. Flair ended up on the apron, but she fought back. Flair goes up to the top. Becky cuts her off and brings her to the mat. The referee counts, but Flair's back up at three. Uh, let Becky then nailed up Explorer Suplex, tells the referee to start counting. She's back. Flair's back up at three again. Uh, she caught a Becky caught a big boot. She catches a big boot, drops Flair, uh, goes to the second row, but misses as Flair sidesteps. Flair hits a big boot. Referee starts counting, but Becky makes it up at the four count. Fans start doing dually chants. Let's go, Charlotte. Let's go, Becky. And that shows the investment in the feud, that this feud was just 50-50 right down the middle. Becky tossed uh, Flair to the floor, and then we started getting the fight from the outside. Referee started counting, but Flair got up. Becky meets her with Seth, and Becky goes to the outside, pulls out a kendo stick from underneath the ring, and she starts unloading shots on Charlotte with the kendo stick. Um, she blocked the stick shot at one point. Becky kicked, uh, kicked her down, though. Fans start chanting, we want tables, we want tables. Uh, she keeps controlling the outside. She then goes for a steel chair from underneath the ring. And then in a wonderful, wonderful ECW moment, I think this was uh, Terry uh, Terry Funk and uh, Cactus Jack, or at least McFoley, uh, the, uh, the spot where they both just started throwing chairs in the ring. Fans were going insane. This, I mean, it was a really nice touch. I'm thinking they're really trying to go all out for this. I mean, this is evolution. This This is what we needed to see. From these two. Uh, Flair then brought a table from underneath the ring. Becky started running over. Leaped off the steps. Taking Flair down on the outside. Flair came back with a suplex on the floor. Referee started counting. But the Becky uh, Becky got up at five. She, Flair standing on the table. But Becky came over with a steel chair shot to the back. Uh, Becky then gets a chair shot to the gut. And another to bring her down. And chance of you deserve it start breaking out. Onto Charlotte Flair. Uh, Becky puts Flair back into the ring. Where the pilot chairs are. Referee starts counting while Flair uh, slowly gets to her feet. Becky launches Flair onto the pile of chairs. Uh, and that was a crazy spot. I think, she, I think it was a suplex that dropped her onto the pile of chairs. Uh, referee started counting again on Flair. Um, she starts stacking several chairs on top of each other. Uh, Becky then goes for the back exploder onto the stack of chairs. But Flair fights out of that. Um, and actually, got Flair caught Becky and hit a back body drop on her onto the chairs. As a receipt, and the referee started counting running after that. This was a glorified last woman standing match. These two wanted to beat the ever-living shit out of each other in order to be the SmackDown Live Women's Champion. I freaking, I was at this point, I was invested. I dropped my phone. I was like, I'm not tweeting. I'm not looking at anything for the rest of this match. Um, they get up. Now, where are we at right here? Okay. They get up. Almost missed my place there. They got up. Flair went to the outside, bringing a table back into the ring. Becky hits a springboard drop kick to drop Flair off the apron to the outside. Becky stands the table up in the ring as the referee counts Flair on the outside. Flair comes back in, but gets dropped for another count, and Flair got back up to eight. Now, as at this point where we got the fun portion of the program, Becky placed Flair on the table. Becky climbs up to the top. Flair brought her down and stomps away at her as fans started booing. 
She places Becky on top of the table, punches her several times just to keep her groggy. She went up to the top rope and she did not learn from Io Shirai's class of moonsaults. Hits the moonsault. But the table didn't the table didn't break. And I busted out laughing. I was like, what? She I, I think she hit it. It just didn't break. It was kind of shades of 20, what was it? Hell in a cell with Charlotte and Sasha Banks when they did the table spot and the table didn't break and the crowd started getting giving them shit for it and then they broke it after. And this is what happened right after. Uh, good sense of mind, though, for Charlotte to actually um, have the wherewithal to be like, okay, we're going to do this spot again and actually hit a, uh, I think she hit a swanton. Yeah, she hit a swanton on Becky. Both of them were down and they got up right before the 10 count. Now, I want to get into the end of this match because this was a really nice ending to this match. And Okay, I got, a few, I got enough time. So, I think, what was it? Yeah, it was right before uh, Becky went off the ladder. So, Flair took apart the, uh, the German announce table. I was hoping they would do the Spanish, but it was the Germans. Flair sends Becky Faze into another announce table. Flair brings another ladder from under the ring now. She stood the ladder up at ringside and starts climbing, but Becky nailed her with the title. Actually, hit her with the title. Becky talks trash, slams face, uh, Flair's face into the announce table, positions the Flair on the German announce table, and she starts climbing the ladder. Fans were going crazy for this. She leaps off the ladder, and it's a double leg drop onto Charlotte, and she actually broke the table on the first try. So that was a really good spot there. They're both down. Referee starts counting. Flair's screaming. I believe... Um, yeah, referee, I think it was one, I think it was the second point in time. First point, it was either the first or the second time in the match where the referee stopped at nine for some reason. And Charlotte Flair technically wasn't up on both feet. So, but that's neither here nor there. It happened. I can't stop it. Flair screams and asks if that, if that was all Becky had. She starts attacking. Becky then starts attacking her unloads with strikes. She then stacks a bunch of announcer shells on top of Flair, burying her underneath all the chairs. Um, she, play, she places a table on top of the other announcer chairs Start and then starts telling the referee to count. In a Roman Reigns fucking moment, and I tweeted this right after it happened, Charlotte has gone full Roman. She fought through the debris and made it up at nine. And I'm thinking at this point, ah, fuck. She's going to pull a Roman Reigns and win this title for a ninth time. So after that, Becky was shocked. She pleaded with Flair and she started stumbling her way. Flair grabbed the kendo stick and starts unloading with Becky. On, actually, on Becky. Hits a spear on the floor. Uh, the referee started counting, but uh, Flair actually dragged oh, uh, Becky over a few feet. She stands a table up on the outside. She then positions Becky on the table and goes up to the top. Becky then jumps up, grabs Flair, and dropped her through the table, hitting a power bomb uh, through the top turnbuckle through the floor. And it looked like it hurt like hell because Charlotte was screaming in pain. Referee starts making the count, and it looked like she was going to make it, but unfortunately, she stumbles at the end. Referee counts the 10 and Becky Lynch. Thank goodness they made this right call. Retained the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. And hopefully this is the end of the feud between these two. Because now I think with a last woman standing match, that was the blow off. That was a true blow off to this feud. And 
I hope now Becky starts uh, branching off into her next title feud. Charlotte can recover and, you know, start going on to her next feud, whoever that may be. Maybe being involved in the uh, four on, uh, five on five SmackDown, um, you know, SmackDown versus Raw women's match. Hopefully they do something like that. But yeah, that would be her involved. And maybe, and then you have Ronda versus Becky at Survivor Series. All in all, like I said, not talking about Ronda and fucking Nikki. That match was trash. I really didn't care one single fuck shit or damn about it. Um, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad Ronda retained. And now we can move on from this monstrosity, total divas, total bellas bullshit. Like I said in the beginning, I gave it a generous C-. minus. Of course, Becky Lynn Charlotte was your match of the night. Right behind that is the same Baszler match. And right behind that at number three is the Io Shirai Tony Storm Mayan Classic Final match. Every other match on this card did not need to fucking happen. But it I mean, for what we got, that was your, you know, first time, first ever women's pay-per-view for WWE. Mm, excuse me. I honestly hope they never do this again. <laughs> as evil as this the sound I mean if they if they're going to come back next year they got to do better than this they got to do a whole lot better than this if this is what you bring out for your first ever all women's pay-per-view it didn't really sell me I mean yeah we got three good matches out of it and the rest was just pretty much like raw and smackdown matches I mean they did their best but they this should this event should have gotten a lot more care than it did and what made it even worse is that they had the advertisement for Crown Jewel twice in an all-women's pay-per-view where the women aren't even going to be there. Just throwing that little jab in there, man. I mean, hopefully they do better next year. I hope they involve NXT more so because they I don't even think I saw one NXT woman in this card tonight. Not one. Besides uh, Sane and Baszler, that was it. At this, I mean, yeah, you can say Tony Storm and Io Shirai, so four, but that was it. There weren't any NXT members in the Women's Battle Royal. No NXT on the other and the rest of the card. Nothing. So it would. So two things. One, do better for next year if you're going to planning on doing Evolution for a second year in a row. And two, include NXT's women besides the title match and the Mayhem Classic Finals. You got to do better than this. Because now, that's the standard we're going to hold that. I'm going to hold that, too, if they decide to do it for next year. And that's just the way it is, man. Overall, C-. minus. Hopefully, next year, they do better. Guys, that's going to be it for episode 19 of the Young Lions Perspective. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, night, afternoon, brunch, late night, hangover meal, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world, to check out this show. Man, if you enjoyed this show, oh, don't hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. Post this show on your social media and let them know that the Young Lions Perspective is here to stay and give you an alternative view in the world of professional wrestling. If you do not 
listen to me often on the Anchor app, and why don't you? Because this is one of the best apps to have to check out podcasts. You can check me out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and that good old Spotify fam. Just search for the Young Lions Perspective, and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. You can follow me on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI and on my Instagram at Suede underscore Senator underscore WWI, where I do live tweeting for Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT, NXT UK if I do have time to do so, 205 Live, NJPW events, and any WWE pay-per-views that do go down on that particular Sunday. Guys, I do know Crown Jewel is going down this Friday, so do not think for one second I'm not going to be doing predictions on that. I will be giving you my views on Crown Jewel as we make the final push towards the event going down this Friday, and I will be talking about Crown Jewel for sure, and I'll do my review on that or some, probably sometime next week, and of course, you know the usual, we'll be talking about NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live, unfortunately, there's no more May Young Classic, and we can't talk about that wonderful goodness that was women's wrestling for the past couple of months, guys, enjoy the rest of your night, by the time you listen to this, I know Raw will be on, but like I said, man, check in, show out, keep an ear out, and stay tuned, guys, have a great week, and we'll be talking soon. See ya!